following the church leader at that time. He said, I'm sorry, you don't know me, but I was just baptized. But I just found out that I'm Filipino for a reason. <laughs> And I'm saying this because I got to go to the Philippines. I want to give up the family business. I want to give up everything that we have here. But honestly, one of the main reasons why I wanted to go to the Philippines was to give my dad a chance to know God. And I didn't care what I had to give up. If I just give my dad a chance to know God. So we arrived in the Philippines. And let me tell you, it's different from Southern California. <laughs> I was, my wife and I was the buffet for all the mosquitoes. <laughs> they said fresh meat. <laughs> we haven't smelled this one before. <laughs> and we were buffet, but we didn't care. Just for the opportunity for my father to get to know God. And three months later, he was baptized in the Lord. I was Christian, I hated my father. Um, family business, uh, a child from immigrants who took care of the family business. That meant that if family business did good, we're close. If it does bad, I'm to blame. So, grew up with that kind of tension, but God changed it. He died three years later after he was baptized, but he died faithfully. Amen. And I didn't know that we were gonna stay in the Philippines for 16 years. And I didn't know after that we were going to go to Cambodia. We went to Cambodia for one weekend to teach. And that turned into six years. <laughs> but there's one thing that I always try to remind myself. I do what I do because I love God. Amen. First, awesome to reach out to Father. Awesome to be with my peeps in the Philippines. Awesome to be in the new mission field of Reseda Boulevard. But I have to say this. I have to remind myself, and I want to remind you as well, why we do what we do first is because we love God. Amen. And you know, when we understand that, and we love God back, and we understand what God has done for me, I believe we can do great things for God. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, about doing something great for God. Because God has done something great for you and I. Come on, we wouldn't be here if God didn't do that great thing of sacrificing Jesus for you and I. Come on. And I don't know about you, but there's I have good days and bad days, but when I take time to think about that Jesus died on the cross for me, for me out of his love, it puts things into perspective. Yeah. And I want to share with you today from the book of Jonah. Specifically, we're going to go to chapter 3. And I'll give a little uh, background here, but I want to first show with you. Oh, I took the remote. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're not used to this. Wait a minute, which one's up? Oh. Okay, that's up. Got it. <laughs> no, we're not used to this in Cambodia. We have someone in the back, you know. <laughs> I want to talk about Jonah doing great things for God. And, um,. And I bring you greetings from the churches in the Asia Pacific region. Uh, we have 37 churches there, 4,700 disciples. A lot of the churches are in underground. A lot of the churches there are in uh, uh, areas where they're very populated by Muslims. Um, right now, the, um, the southern part here of the Philippines, Cebu just got hit with a major earthquake. 
Uh, 90 people plus died. Uh, some of our Christians did get injured, but they're all safe right now. Uh, so it, it's just a, a very intense place. Um, and, but, you know, it's, it's amazing to see what God is doing despite the hardships there. So I hope that one day you get a chance to go there. This is Cambodia. I want to show that to you because some people keep asking, is Cambodia in South America? No, it's in Asia. <laughs> it's in Asia. Not like Peru. Uh, it's, it's in Asia next to Vietnam. And Cambodia in the 70s, they had a genocide where 2 million Cambodians were killed. Many of your brothers and sisters lost their father and mothers. Uh, many of them don't know when they were born. Matter of fact, when they become Christians, we just tell them, please, just go ahead and just pick a date. Pick a date, but sisters, don't go too off on the ears. I'm not going to be righteous as much as possible. So it's amazing because a lot of the Christians there, they pick their birthday dates on Christmas and on Valentine's. So every first week of the month, when we have the birthday celebration, it's a very special occasion. It's pretty, it's amazing. It's very quiet. Everyone born spiritually, physically that month come up on stage. They take time to pray and they blow up the candles. It's amazing. And I, and I, and I find it real wise, real life wise, because they, they don't celebrate birthdays in Cambodia. But I say that to you because God is doing incredible things despite the challenges that took place in Cambodia. We have the Sino Hospital. The Sino Hospital was started by disciples, has treated over one million people for free. Amen. And has impacted a nation of 16 million people. And I say this to you because many people in the province, they don't know the name of the hospital, but they call it the Angel Hospital. And for that hospital to impact one million people, that means every family has been touched by the hospital that they know that are run by Christians. It's an amazing thing to see what God is doing. We also have a school there called Goldstone School that has about 290 students. And that started about 10 years ago, actually 12 years ago. We just had a first graduating class. But it's amazing to see the students there because that's also run by disciples and the students stand out. God is doing incredible things despite the tragedy. And all walks of life are becoming Christian. This is Straw. Straw was a Buddhist monk until he read the Bible and until he came to church, and now he's a monk for Jesus. <laughs> so he's in our singles ministry, he's one of our worship leaders, he's an awesome brother God. God is doing amazing things. And I want to share with you the scripture here, in Luke chapter 9 verse 43, talks about this great miracle that took place, when Jesus healed this boy from the evil spirit. And after he was healed, the Bible says, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. They were blown away by the miracle. And they said, this was amazing, this was great, this is of God. And I want to ask you a question today. Does the world see a great God in you? A great God. Come on. Not an ordinary God, but a great God. Come on. When we look at the way that God has changed all of our lives, we can't say anything, explain it, but just say, it was God. Amen. Yeah, that's right. To be here together in Santa Clarita. That's God. Amen. Come on. Because our God is a great God. Greatness is required to change the world. Yeah, that's right. 
Not a superficial greatness that is temporary. But we speak of a moment in time when people selfishly bring remarkable qualities of character and capability into a service of a worthy cause. This is true greatness. Greatness occurred when the apostles of Jesus in the first century church worldwide took the mission to proclaim the gospel to every corner of the world. And we look at the world today. Politics understand what greatness is. Wartime leaders do great things. Civil rights leaders and activists do great things. Yet some think that the church doesn't do great things, but should only do good things. But there's only one problem. God is not just good. Come on. But great. Right, and the greatness of, of God requires that our church be great. Yeah, that's right. Not for our glory, but for God's glory. Amen. Which I believe to really call me out when we see how great and what God has done in our life. Can we not just feel like I owe it to God? Yeah. Out of His grace and mercy. I don't deserve to be here. Yeah. You know, when I come back to LA, it's humbling because I have sinned all over LA. I remember there, oh, I did that, oh, I remember that, oh. I remember sitting in Santa Clarita 20 plus years ago. Yes. It's humbling. I remember L.A. when I took the gun out and pointed to my head. What an end my life. Behind all the nice German cars and Italian clothes. The dream of being president of the Philippines. And I say that to you not to boast, but to really be ashamed because I thought all those things were great. But if it was so great, why do I have a gun pointed to my head ready to take my own life? Until I found God. Until I realized the cross. And some girl named Jennifer DiPirio told me those magic words. You're not a Christian and you're going to hell. <laughs> You know what? That Jonathan became Jonathan Lopez. But yet, let's be honest, when we feel called by God to do great things, naturally we don't say, Here he is in me. We would naturally say, Here he is. Go get him. Starting the Bible talk. No, no.
They take you away, they kill your partner, they cut off his head, and have you walk around with your, your partner's head around Nineveh. There's some bad guys. They destroyed a lot of people. They killed a lot of people back then. So that was their reputation. That was the fear. And then look in John, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, with all that, look what the word of God says to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amalekai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come on before me. What do you think Jonah said? Here I am, Big G. <laughs> nope, as we see in chapter 1. Okay. So God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, right? Mm -hmm. So what does Jonah do? He takes a cruise to Tarshish. <laughs> he said, uh-uh, I'm taking a cruise. I'm not going there. And then we see a big storm take place. And once again in chapter 2, or chapter 1, things were rocking and rolling. The crew felt convicted that they might have to throw Jonah on board, but they said, forget it, we're about to die. Jonah, what did you do? No wonder we're throwing you off. And the minute they threw him off, the Bible says that the Lord called a great fish to swallow Jonah. So Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. Now look at this. In chapter 2, he starts to come to the census and starts to get humble. And look what he says. He says, when my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord. And the Lord commanded a fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. What's interesting, <coughs> let me show you here. So, he gets thrown out of the fish here. He gets thrown out by the ship. gets swallowed here. We really don't know how long it took Jonah to pray. But what we see is when he finally prayed, look what happens. He gets spit out of the big fish. <laughs> this is me on Racine Boulevard. <laughs> From Northridge Park. But it's amazing when he finally humbled up. What we see when he did was he repented and he started remembering the Lord. And at that very moment, he was spit out of the big fish. I want to talk to you about two things today. And doing great things for God. Because the Bible does say he has a great plan for you and I. Amen. Yeah. Whether you're a teen. Amen. Single, married, any walk of life, any form. He has a great plan for you. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, right. And I think part of letting that great plan come alive and do something great for God is one when we are amazed by the Word of God. And when we understand that the message we have is an amazing message that we bring to people. And that's what happened with Jonah in verse in chapter 3, verse 1. The Word of God comes to Jonah a second time. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. 
Hebrew is Shanae. It means he was given a second chance. I don't know about you. I'm grateful that I have a second chance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Jonah had a second chance. And guess what? He responded this time. Amen. Yeah. When I went to University of San Francisco, I was reaching out to people to join the organization I was part of. And I met someone there. And I said, that's the guy. And he said, I'll go to your organization if you come to my Bible club. And you know what? I went to, uh, he came to my organization, but I never went to his Bible talk. For three years, was it three years then? One semester. One semester he reached out to me. But three years, I didn't go to church until Jennifer became a Christian. But later I found out he was part of the same church. I remember, because he walked my grounds, he knocked on my door, and I looked underneath, and I know those brown old penny loafers. I said, man, these Christians don't have style. I felt sorry for them. But later I found out he, he was part of the same church, but guess what? He was in the Philippines. And he was the one that came back to LA and told me, you're Filipino for a reason. So I'm just grateful that I got a second chance. Amen. Amen. You know what happened to Jennifer that week when she was reaching out to the first time, she called me and she said, hey, you know what? I, I got invited to a Bible talk and I'm going to go study the Bible. You know what I said? Don't go. I'll teach you the Bible. That's a cult. Don't go. And she didn't go. And guess what? That same week, she got reached out to by the same Bible talk with different sisters, and she did go and she called me after she went and told me the magic words. <laughs> I am grateful for second chances. Amen. And that's what Jonah said here. I'm grateful. The Word of God is different now. The Word of God means something. When I remember you, Lord, I was in the fish eating sashimi. <laughs> Really? 
yeah, you can have them, sure. So he called the girls, hey, we got these books. Don't tell anybody, we're going to surprise them. Yeah. So they picked up all the Bibles. They had midweek service. And he said, I've got a gift for all of you. They close your eyes. And they handed out the Bible. You know what they did? They cried. This is my Bible. Wow. No more Xerox copies. <laughs> and I was convicting when I heard that. Because how many Bibles do I have in my place? Their first Bible. It's amazing, the leader. His name is Coco. This guy right here. He is the, uh, he, used, he and his wife were celebrities in Vietnam. He says that he's the Tom Cruise of Vietnam. I said, okay, brother, whatever encourages you. He went to the planet church, planning to plant the church in Hanoi, the capital of Vietnam. Now keep in mind, in Vietnam, we, they can't meet like this. Last year they had police officers at every service, making sure they don't meet as a congregation. The weekend before they are about to plant the church, a man went to his house, knocked on the door, took a stick and beat him in front of his mom who's not a Christian, his wife, and his two sons. And they were shocked. And he finally left. He was mad because he's planting a church in Hanoi. And then he said, the son said, Dad, why did they beat you? He said, son, when you love God and you speak the truth, not many people are going to be happy. Right. I said, wow, Dad, let them beat you more. <laughs> That's enough beating for <laughs> He loves God. He loves the word. Yeah. They went to Hanoi. In two years, the church doubled. That's an underground church. What happened was his son kept watching the faith of his father and his love for God in the hard times. He started studying the Bible. And right here, you see, that's his older son. That's Tom Cruise Jr. <laughs> And this is the first team baptized in Vietnam. Amen. Now what happened two months ago, his younger brother followed and he was baptized as well. Amen. You know, when you love the word of God, it's amazing. When you love the word of God, people notice. Amen. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I love the scripture. When I used to read the scripture in Proverbs, I used to say, oh, it talks about vision, about having a big dream. Yeah, but you know where it says the vision comes from? It's someone who keeps the law. Someone who's happy in the word of God. Come on. Our version shouldn't only come from our emotions. It shouldn't only come from our, 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 our mental vision. It should come because we love the Word of God. Amen. That's right. And if people can know the truth about the Word of God, it not only changes individual families, communities, cities, and the world, but it has to start somewhere with you and I being amazed by the Word of God. Come on. Amen. Psalms 119, I said, How I love your law. Deuteronomy 6, verse 46. 4 to 6. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. 
I want to ask you a question. After being disciple for 23 years, I have to look at myself. How much more do I love the Word of God? I should love it more now than the first time I read the Word of God. Amazed by the Word of God. See, Jonah's problem is that he has spiritual pride. Jonah was part of the company of prophets that hung out with Elijah and Elijah. But there was a pride in his life. There was unforgiveness. He said, how, how, you want me to go help out the Ninevites? Did you hear what they did? There was hopelessness. He was afraid. He didn't trust God. He stopped growing spiritually. So when the word of God came to him and he heard the word of God, he went on a cruise. But it had to go through humbling times to finally <laughs> have a change of heart towards the word of God. You know, I want to share this with you. We went through some difficult times in Asia. Uh, our staff in the Philippines went from 138 to 8 people overnight. Because uh, we just lost our support. The churches that were helping us were going through challenges. Uh, there was a time when my wife and I had to stay out there and raise our own support. In fact, the last six years we had to raise a good portion of our support. And we have, we have no regrets. We're, we're grateful for what we've done. And, and what God has done. It's our decision, our choice. But there was a lot of insecurities on what can we do to help the church go forward, help people, help the leaders continue to grow. And a brother named Gordon Ferguson said, bro, let me help you guys out. I said, Gordon, you know us, we have open arm policy. Anything free, our arms are wide open, bro. <laughs> so, out and developed the Asia Pacific Leadership Academy. He came out for three times, two to three times a year, teaching about 200 plus students. And it was amazing to see these brothers and sisters whose English is not their first language. They have a Bible here, another Bible here, another dictionary here, another concordance here, and, and they just eating it up. And all Gordon did was pour out his life and teach us to love the Word of God. And I said it to you because I'm grateful. Because Gordon helped me renew my love for the Word of God. Amen. And now these brothers are going out teaching the other brothers and sisters to get deeper in the Word of God. So what you see right here is uh, the disciples. In Cambodia, if you we have a Bible seminar like this, and the disciples have to take work off, they have to pay their employee, employer, to take time off. And it's a very poor country. But it's worth it to know the Word of God. Amen. So they're willing to pay their employer so they can just learn more about the Word of God. Come on. And I say this to you because here's the graduation, the first class of graduating. I, I graduated from that first class. Magna cum verde. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Gordon crying at graduation. I think Gordon was crying because he saw me graduate. <laughs> Don't tell him I put that picture in there. But I say this to you because, brother and sister, you're so blessed to have the opportunity to have like a Southwest conference. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. The people there, the, the lessons to learn, the teachings. I know the people are going to be speaking. John and Carol and Louis, oh, the things they're going to teach about family. Yeah. It's amazing. John Lust, one of my favorite speakers. My goodness, I've been listening to John Lust all day. Yeah. And a good best friend of mine, Frank Kim. I really pray that you take advantage of this opportunity, not just to go to a conference, 
But to be amazed by the word of God again. Amen. This is our teen ministry. On an average Bible talk, you have about 60 plus teenagers. And they're all in this little area here. These are uh, teens getting baptized. As you see, we have a two for one special. <laughs> Want to get baptized together, so I said, Amen, guys. <laughs> well, those are our first teens from the school who just graduated. And our teens are fired up. The youth ministry in Cambodia is doing amazing things. In a population of 15 million people, 50% of the people are under 25 years old. Wow. So it's amazing to see what God is doing. But the great thing about the youth is that they love the Word of God. This is the first graduating class of the school that was put together by disciples. Free education for the first 10 years. In this class, about 22 people, half of them are disciples. This is a senior class. Half of the disciples, another five of them are studying the Bible. And they just graduated about two months ago, and they started our new campus ministry in Cambodia. And I heard, as of yesterday, they've already had three people baptized. That's awesome. This is a nation that understands Buddhism. It usually takes somebody about a year to become a Christian. You know, our most busiest times of the year is Christmas. Because everybody wants to know, who's this Jesus? And they come to church. It's crowded. We put our Christmas tree up one year because we wanted them to see our Christmas tree. And guess what? They stripped it clean. <laughs> so what happened to our Christmas tree? What happened to Grandma's ornament? Because when they saw the Christmas tree, they thought it was gifts for them. And I had a hard time asking them, can someone find Grandma's ornament? And now we have two Christmas trees and we blew the ornaments. <laughs> you know, when you're amazed by the Word of God, Santa Clarita found when you're amazed by the Word of God, it's contagious. It's contagious. Be amazed by the Word of God. Secondly, so what happened to Jonah when he finally got on the beach? God said, chapter 3, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Do you still want me to go? Yes, I still want you to go. And you know what he did? He went. And it took a couple of days to walk to Nineveh. And can you imagine what he was thinking? What's my lesson going to be? Repent. Don't kill. Love. Peace, no more war. He had to change that lesson many times. Can you imagine the fear that he had going to Nineveh, where they had the reputation of cutting off the head if they don't know you? So he finally gets there, and he's preparing his lesson. The Lord put in his heart, and what does he say? Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overturned until God be the glory. That was his lesson. Only one title, one point. <laughs> and guess what happened? In the 
scripture after that, in chapter 3, verse 5, it says, the Ninevites believe God. Amen. And the word got to the king. And the king said, I'm making a proclamation. Every man and every beast is going to have to fast. Even the animals were called the fast. <laughs> and can you imagine what Jonah felt? And in verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. This is Nineveh, the Ninevites. And Jonah brought the message. See, one, it's an amazing word of God. But number two, we have an amazing message that we bring to this world. You have an amazing message. Because it's amazing God. How we change your life. You know, I got one I say this to you because one of my insecurities coming back to LA is that all of my friends and family are gonna say, What happened to you? I heard you joined the Peace Corps. I heard you were running from the law. I heard you were hiding because tax evasion. What happened to you? You had the family business, you had everything. And I remember I went to this one gathering. It's up in Palos Verdes, and the house was huge. The doors was probably the size of the ceiling. And I had my sister's red van. My sister's red van, you can not only hear it coming, you can see it coming. <laughs> and going up the hills, I, I think I heard the van saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then I drove to the house and there was the Maseratis, the Jaguars, all the German cars. And these guys know what I used to drive. And I said, why don't we just park over here so we can take a walk in there? Kids, let me show you the neighborhood. So I'm in the house feeling very insecure. And then I, I let's just sit over here, kids, and everybody's so I opened the door. I couldn't even see the backyard. I said, man, I only see the backyard and then I see the ocean. Wow, I've been trying to figure that out. Sat down there, and then they saw me. Hey, Sasa, what happened to you? It's good to see you. I said, Yeah, I've been in Asia. Yeah, I heard about you. You okay? Was <laughs> <laughs> a peace corps that you're in? No, no, I came in mission. Missionary, why? What happened? What would you do wrong? I said, Well, you know, my life changed. I said, This is my wife. That's your wife? I said, Yeah, that's my wife. Wow, that's your I'm going to be a missionary. Good. <laughs> Searching. You're still searching? Yeah, I had problems. You got problems? Yeah, that's my wife. I miss my children. Don't you get Yeah, that's my children. Wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah, my dad became a Christian. My mom became a Christian. My sisters became a Christian. Yeah, you know, we don't have what we used to have, but you know, we have things that money can't buy. Really? Yeah. And all of a sudden, my chest started pumping up like this.
The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst of water, but a famine of hearing the word of God. Be amazed by the word of God. Understand you have an amazing life. And I'm going to have you here for my amazing life.
And then when I was in um, college, I had another boyfriend who was Cesar. We went through another abortion. And it just broke me down. I was desperate. I was thirsty and starving and hungry. And I said, God, help me. Help me find my way. I don't know what to do with my life. And a week later, here comes an angel. Little did I know, she was an angel in disguise. Invited me to study the Bible. And I said no the first time, like Cesar said. But I was still desperate, crying out to God. Every night, another person from the same Bible talk invited me to study the Bible. And the cross just transformed my life. I told Cesar, I said, this relationship will no longer be impure and immoral. You are not a Christian. You are going to hell. <laughs> uh, I need to become a Christian. And, you know, eight days later, I was baptized in the Christ. And he was like, who is this new guy you're seeing? I said, you know, it's Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, we ended up at our, at our apartment. He was paying for my apartment. And he was supposed to go home. He was only supposed to come up for the day. And I got a phone call. Because he was still there at 12 midnight. And the sister says, you know, where's Cesar? I said, he's still here. She said, well, he can't stay there. And I was like, why? You, you don't trust me? And she's like, open the Bible to Ephesians 5.3. And I read that, but not a hint of sexual morality and impurity. I was so convicted. I went out of the room and I said to Cesar, I said, you can't stay here. And I was in tears. Because Cesar was, was, was domineering in our relationship. And I used to kind of cower down to him. But for the first time, I could stand up and say, the word of God says this. And you can't stay. Two weeks later, he was baptized here in L.A. And it's been amazing being in Asia. I'm so happy to be here on the mission field in L.A. Yeah. My mom, I pray that she'll become a Christian. She lives in Las Vegas, but I'm trying to get her to move over here. But brothers and sisters, we have an incredible mission field right here. Right here in Santa Clarita, right here in the North Region. And I'm so happy that we can be partners in the gospel, fighting for souls. Amen. Change your life and let the world know about how amazing God is. I'm a, I also realized that God not only made me Filipino, but he made me Filipino American. So coming back to America has been a blessing. But I realized what I had to do to change my heart. I had to go back and remember the amazing the message that God changed my life is amazing. In Myanmar, I can't tell you his name for security purposes, but I can only say his name is Ricky. He had the opportunity to go to different places to earn more money, but he said, no, I gotta, I gotta give my family a chance to know God. So this is Ricky with 18 of his relatives, and all 18 relatives are baptized. Oh Last time I heard, he's working on 19, 20, and 21. He believes his message is amazing. Can I leave you with this challenge? Yes. Find your Nineveh. Come on. Find your Nineveh. Maybe it's an area that God is calling you to change. 
Maybe you've been around for a while and you felt like, I, I, I just like the glory days. And the glory days are awesome. But if we know we're going to the glory land, heaven, and going forward, the best is still ahead of us. Maybe God is saying, i got to change. God wants to be more loving. But it hurt that last time. But hey, no pain, no gain. Jesus was hurt too. Maybe it's a place, a neighborhood. Maybe it's a school that God has placed in your heart. But you feel so overwhelmed. You know, my daughter, a little Bible talk in Cambodia. And she goes to Granada's, Granada Hill High School now. So she went from 400 to 4,000. And she is overwhelmed. Second week, she had an anxiety attack. And she got a free ride in the ambulance to the hospital. Well, we found out it wasn't a free ride. And I said, what happened, babe? She said, I'm just trying. I'm trying to get this Bible talk. I'm just saying, honey, calm down. But she has it on her heart. To bring the word of God to that place. Maybe it's your family. You look at Ricky and say, wow, if Ricky can do that through God, how about me? U.S. was my Nineveh. And I found out what I had to overcome and repent of was fear. I got too comfortable living in the jungles. I got too comfortable in the third world. And I realized that God wanted me to come back so I can continue to grow. So I can continue to grow and be a better husband, a better father. And I really had to overcome my fear. But let me tell you, the awesome thing is when you see the sin and you identify and you repent, it's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? Like Jonah on Receiver Boulevard, this is awesome. <laughs> and it is awesome. I love the battle. I was studying the Bible with my friend last night. This guy, he played middle linebacker for San Diego State, middle linebacker for Burbank High School back in the days. And he's a big, burly guy. And you know what he said to me at the end of the study? He says, uh, yep, I love you, man. <laughs> he just threw it at you. I love you. He said, dude, I love you, too. <laughs> give me, give me a, a little speech to oh. You know what I feel? I know there's another Cesar Lopez that drives late at night, can't forgive his father, toying with his own gun, scarred by the abortion, scarred by the immorality, scarred by the sin, that wants hope. I know he's out there. I want to find him. I want to give him a chance to. Santa Clarita, it's beautiful. But there's someone out there that went through what you went through. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Gordon said, says, don't waste your sin. Whatever sin you have committed and you have repented of, someone out there wants to know how to overcome the same thing. Amen? Amen. So you have an amazing message as well. God is doing incredible things. Lives are being changed. But I want to share this one thing as we close out. You may be afraid of the place that God has put on your heart. Jonah was afraid of Nineveh. But guess what? When he went to Nineveh, he found out one thing. They worship a god. It was the fish god. 
So when he walked up there smelling like fish, he <laughs> said, where you been? Man, that's a serious cologne there, bro. Said, well, I was inside of a fish. You were inside of a fish? What do you mean you were inside of a fish? Yeah, I was inside of a fish. Oh, did you hear? This is the guy, he just got spit out of a fish. And I mean, oh, oh, no wonder his message was more credible. No wonder the king said, I want to hear what that guy said. Because their fish god, their god was a fish god, and this guy Nineveh or Jonah just came out of the fish and sort of came all together. So no wonder he gave us one point, 40 days, and the sin will be over to, to God be the Lord. He said, hey, that's enough for me. I'm going to change. What am I saying right now? God is already working on the people you have on your heart. God is already working on the place. That you think about having a Bible talk. God is already working right now in a house next to you, across from you. God is working in your place. And sure, it might be afraid. And sometimes you might smell like fish. But let me tell you, sometimes that fish smell makes a connection. So many things to learn from Jonah. And that's the one thing I have learned. You have the vision. God has the provision. Do something great for God. Many stories of these guys. I don't have time to tell you. Maybe I can come back next time. As you see in Acts 1, Jesus gave them the spirit to go through all the cities and beyond. Mission teams are being sent out. God is doing incredible things. Our amazing message is good news. These are the disciples in Cambodia. They send their love to you. Here's the challenge. Find your Nineveh. Thank you. Caesar and Jennifer, thank you for coming up and sharing your hearts and your lives, impacting us. And we'd love to have you back. We have open arms too. So, uh, on behalf of the ministry here, thank you. Uh, look forward to uh, getting to know you more. But thanks again for the way God has used you in our lives. Let's go ahead and stand on up. We're going to close out in prayer, and then we're going to just go straight into uh, enjoying your fellowship. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jonah. Thank you for his mission and the response of the Assyrians. Lord, thank you for the way you used uh, Caesar and Jennifer tonight. In my heart, in our hearts, uh, to motivate us, to challenge us, uh, to do great things for you, because you've given us a great message. We know you're doing your part, you already are, and I just pray uh, for courage to do my part. Yes. And the Father, for all the conviction you placed on our hearts tonight, thank you, thank you for speaking to us. Yes, 
And the Lord, we just look forward to the miracles that you accomplish to each one of us. Uh, we want to lift up one another's arms and we thank you uh, for the way that you used uh, Caesar and Jennifer tonight powerfully and to motivate us to do your will here in Santa Clarita to help evangelize the entire world. We love you. We thank you for this time to be together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Enjoy your fellowship. Parents, go get your kids.